This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. We have been talking on just a series on by faith, which I believe has been very encouraging. I've really enjoyed it anyway. I've loved studying it. And um, I enjoy preaching it even more. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But you know what? But I love getting into these things and just looking at, at people's lives. And just faith. Faith always just ministers to us because it's something that we all need. We need to, to have our faith ministered to. And the good thing is, is when you receive Jesus, you have faith. Sometimes people start from the starting place. Oh, I don't have faith. No, once you receive Jesus, you have the measure of faith. It's already in you, but you're learning how to operate in it. You're learning how to, how to, how to walk in that faith. And um, praise God, you do have the ability to believe God. And sometimes people talk themselves out of things, but start from the point of, I do have the ability to believe God. I just need my faith encouraged. I just need to sit under the word and, let, and hear and hear and hear until that faith starts rising in me. Excuse me. And then um, I can start to operate in faith. So we've been looking in Hebrews chapter 11 at all of these um, heroes of faith that are listed there in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and you know, really, the book of Hebrews, it's written, it has that Hebrew edge to it. And it's shown to the Hebrew people that it doesn't matter what era you live in, the just shall live by faith. Faith is always the currency of heaven. And before the law, during the law, and you know now in the grace age that we live in, it's still we come to God in faith believing. And so that's the way we receive from God. And so you can see all through the um, Hebrews chapter 11, you can see these great people of faith that we've been looking at. Over the last couple of weeks, we were looking at uh, Joshua and Caleb. Or, uh, well, Joshua and Caleb and Joshua going with the children of Israel and taking um, Jericho. And we're going to look um, again at, at, at um, uh, part of that um, this evening. But we're going to be looking at Rahab this evening. And I'm going to be looking tonight as a, a title, the message, The Faith of a Shady Woman. Because she, she was a shady woman. Uh, I won't tell you what I wanted to call the message. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I thought I'd tone it down a wee bit. But, but we are going to look at the, at the faith of this um, woman, um, Rahab, um, this evening. Let me just read this here in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, chapter, or Hebrews 11 verse 30. It says, By faith the wall of, walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed um, seven days. And we looked at that last week with a shout of faith. Thank God for the shout of faith. There is a time to shout in faith. Amen. There's a time to shout in faith when things are persistent. There's um, things we come up against in life and I'm telling you it's the shout of faith that'll take it down. But we seen last week that the silence before the shout is as important. They meditate on the word. Get it in. And I'll tell you then faith builds and it's building on the inside to the point where there is a release of faith and faith has to be released and it's released in your words and actions. And you've seen it with the children of Israel. Let me tell you, first of all, they, they shouted, they shouted faith and the walls came down and then their action, they went in and took the land. They went in and, and possessed um, uh, uh, um, Jericho at that time and then on into the land over the next several years. But then it says in verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab. Isn't that there? This is talking about a, a harlot here. 
It's talking about, a, a, we'd call him a, a prostitute today. Now here's a, here's a woman that is, her livelihood is men. That's her livelihood. And yet this woman ends up being a great woman of faith and is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. But there's one thing that I love about our God is our God reaches out to the most unlikely people. Amen. We serve a good God. We serve a gracious God. Um, sometimes our, our, our church world makes it out that we're ever so perfect. And yet every one of us needed the grace of God. And here is a woman here that had a dodgy job. And we don't need to go into that too much in detail, but we, we just know what she was doing. She had a place like a, like a hotel kind of a thing. And you know, people came and stayed there and paid money for extras. Okay? But this woman ended up being a great woman of faith. And I want to look, I want to look a bit at her this evening. It's, again, it says, by faith... The harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. You know, she received the spies. And I'll go back and look at this here in a second. There's a lot of great principles here in, 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 in Rahab's life. But I, I tell you, she received. These spies came. These spies were on a mission. They were um, in, in the will of God going and to, to look and uh, to see um, Jericho. They went in. They end up in this woman's house. You know, just think about it. She, they went into this harlot's house. Just think about that. You know, I, I tell you, just, just go and look at Jesus and who did he minister to? He ministered to people that needed him. Everybody needs him, but there's a lot of people who didn't want him. The Bible says he came to his own, his own received him not. The Bible lets us know that the Jewish leaders, they rejected him. Now some accepted him, like Nicodemus and, uh, and stuff who accepted him. But there's a lot of people who rejected Jesus. But where do you find Jesus? You find Jesus around people. You find him with tax collectors. You know, not with Matthew the tax collector. What did he do after he was, he was called by Jesus? He went and got all of his friends, the bunch of tax collectors, and brought them all to the house and brought Jesus around to speak to them. And, and the Bible lets us know that the, that the people were shocked at Jesus speaking to these people. But that's who he came for. Because he, he came full of grace. He's a merciful Jesus. Do you know, you, you think of that story where Simon... And the, 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 the sinner woman who came into Simon's house. And Jesus let that woman touch him. And get up and close to him. And she anointed Jesus. And cried. And wiped, you know, his, his, his feet with her hair and everything. There's a woman knew she needed Jesus. Let me tell you, she found a man that never treated her that way, the way he did. Every other man took from her, and yet Jesus came and gave to her. Same with the woman at the well, a woman who had been used and abused, 
A woman that had a reputation, a woman that had to come out um, at, a, at a, a time of the day whenever she, you know, she wouldn't be seen. And yet Jesus said, I have something to give you. If you knew the gift of God who was before you, you'd ask me of, for, for living, living water. You'd ask me to give you something because I came here to give you something. That was a woman who received from Jesus something that she had never received from any other man. And I'll tell you, our Jesus is good. Our Jesus will turn your life around. So you can come to him whatever way you are. And that's the way it was with, um, with Rahab. Here's the thing here. Do you see when these spies came? And this is something that's really, inter or really good here. When the spies came, she received them. And she listened to what they have to, had to say. Do you know, I have watched over the years. I have, we actually just talked about it the other day there, myself and Donna. I have watched over the years where I have seen people get into the move of God, sit underneath the word of God, and their life starts getting better. Things start changing in their life. And I'm not even talking about, I've seen people get saved. That's the most important thing. You get saved. Thank God when you have Jesus in your life, you know, eternity settled. You have the life of God in you. You went from being a sinner to being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you, you know, you still have to renew your mind. And I have watched people come to church and sit underneath the word. And I have watched people do really well. People that have had problems in their life and I've watched them do well. Once they got under the sound of the word, because the word is living. It, it does something to the, ins the inside of you. I always say the word is like a capsule. And when you take those words in, once you get them in, it's like to open up. And what's in every word of God is they're God breathed. They're, qu they're quick and powerful. They're, there's life in it. So the word is living. But when you get it in, there's life goes on, on, on in the inside of you. And when you watch when people stay under the word, their life starts to go in the right direction. I've seen people who have struggled with areas in their life, struggled with, with um, mental issues, struggled in relationships, struggled in their emotions, struggled in their, um, how they see themselves in life, struggled with dealing with people. And I've watched them sit underneath the word and they always excel. Always, when you sit and you let the Word of God get in. And then I see people, they get a bit of life, and then they go away from the things of God. And you know what? They end up back in the same condition that they were in before. And they don't realize, or they don't give place to it, that it's actually the Word that is actually helping them. You know, and, and I, I tell you, it's the Word that's carrying us. It's a relationship with Jesus that's carrying us. It's His goodness that's carrying us. I tell you, where would we be without Him? Where would we be without his help, without his strength, without his word ministering to us? It's, it's, uh, for me, it's just, it's not worth thinking about because I would, I would don't even want to be anywhere apart from walking with him. You understand? It, see, the word will change your life. See, this woman, she received her answer. And there's so many people refuse their answer or take the answer for granted. This woman didn't. She welcomed those that had, a, had, had the answer, those that knew the one true God. She welcomed them into her house, and I'm telling you, it changed everything. It changed everything. Amen. Now, we know um, over the last couple of weeks what we were sharing was Joshua sent two spies down there to, um, 
just to go and see the land, he only sent two this time. I'll not go back over all of that. But you know what? That's what we take it up here. Uh, let me just look at this here for a bit in Joshua chapter 2. And let's just see the faith of this, this woman here. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out two spies secretly saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab. So they went into Rahab's house and they lodged there. Hey, God loves people. Amen. And it was told the king, saying, Behold, this is the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in thither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the, the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thy house. It says, For they be come to search out all the country. And the, women the woman took the men, so what she done, instead of taking the men out, what she done was she hid the men. So she took the men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the, of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out thither. Um, um, the men went, I, I know not, pursue after them, and you shall overtake them. This is what she said. She went and she hid the men. When the other guys came looking from the, the king of Jericho, sent down to, to Rahab's house saying, it was told us that men went into your house. They're, they came, they're the children of Israel. Bring them out here. Basically, they're trying to put a stop to all of this. Okay? But what she done was she went and told them, told them that she hid them and then she told them this. She said that um, they have left they were here, but they're gone. Amen? They've left. And she let, she let on that they were already gone. And what happened was the gates closed at a certain time. And she was saying that before the gates closed, them men got out. And they, they've disappeared, but they were here. But they're not here anymore. But that's not what she had them hid. Okay? She had hid these men. And you can, I'll show you in a second here because let me tell you, these men were in, a for, or in Jericho. They were in a, a fortified place in Jericho. And they, but I'm telling you, they were staying locked in at night because they were afraid. You know, and I'll show you this in a second because sometimes we view our enemy different than our enemy views us. And if we only knew who we were, we'd act a lot different in life. They're in a fortified place, but they're locking themselves in because they're afraid of the children of Israel. But the children of Israel didn't see it that way 40 years previous. Amen? Let me tell you, we're children of God. You know, over the years um, um, in Christian circles, you would have been taught to be afraid of the devil. In actual fact, we're told to resist him. And he'll flee from us. We're not meant to be ignorant of his devices. We're not meant to be stupid. You know, but we're meant to be smart because the devil's smart. But the reality of it is, is we're overcomers in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to live in fear. And there's a lot of Christians live in fear of the enemy. In actual fact, we're meant to live out of the position of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're children of God. 
Amen. Now, verse six it says, "But she had brought them up on the, uh, up to the roof of the house and hid them." Um, so she hid them, the, the, the stuff laid out on the roof, and she, had, she hid them underneath it. And she said unto the men, I know not that the Lord hath given you this, or I know, sorry. And she said unto them, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. This woman, she, she's, she's speaking different here than what the spies that went out the first time. Remember the, ten, the, the 12 spies, 10 came back with an evil report. The spies that came back, they came, they came back and they put fear right through the camp. But she's talking completely different. This woman that's on the inside, on the other side, she's talking different. She's saying this, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Amen? And that your terror is falling upon us. It's like us being afraid of spiders, Donna. <laughs> but you know, the reality of it is the spiders are afraid of us. You know what I mean? That's the reality. Donna loves her spiders, don't you, Donna? <laughs> but you know what? Here, here's the thing. The reality of it is when, when that spider sees you, it's watching you. You ever catch a spider? You know, you, you've seen where he is. And in our house, they don't last very long. So um, all you can hear is, Paul! That means get, get tissue, get whatever, be ready. And here's the thing, you see, if you go to get the tissue and you come back, the wee thing's gone. Because it was watching it and you, you stopped and you watched. And then when you come back, it's gone. Do you, you ever do that? Do you come back? You don't know where it is. It's disappeared and then we can't sleep at night because I'm not allowed to sleep. <laughs> I'm all late. I've got the, those night vision on all night looking for this spider. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but here, here's the thing. <laughs> that spider is afraid of you. It's just like the, the enemy was afraid of the children of Israel. And this woman is saying, your terror was upon us. Huh? Think about that. Look at that there, what she said. See, she starts exercising faith here. She says, I know. I know that the Lord had given you the land. Then in verse um, 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 10, it says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. She's going back 40 years. No, it's just kind of like saying, Where have you been? Where have you been for the last 40 years? Because we've been expecting you. We, have, we knew you just came out of Egypt. We've heard all about it. We heard about the Red Sea. We've heard about this mighty God that is on your side. We've been waiting for you. Where have you been this last 40 years? We've been terrified of you for the last 40 years. But this woman was a smart woman. When these men came to her house, she starts talking to them about their God because she receives their God. Amen. You're smart when you get on the right side. Do you know Jericho was doomed? It was utterly destroyed. Utterly destroyed. Do you, do you see this world? Do I know it, it looks like it's just going by. The Bible lets us know what it's like every day. It's just the same. You know, it's always going to be here. It tells us that over in Peter. But the only reason God has been long suffering is because he loves people so much. But this world's broken. 
And one day this, this world is going to be renovated by fire. But I tell you, there's destruction coming. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about those things, but there is destruction coming. But thank God we're the children of God. We're ambassadors of God, and the ambassadors are taken out, praise God, before, before there's, there's judgment on the earth. That's the way it is. And when you're a child of God, praise God, you should be rejoicing. That's the way the Bible says, to comfort one another with these words. Let me tell you, we're not appointed unto wrath as the children of God. Amen? We're not appointed unto wrath. We, are, we will never face the wrath of God, ever, 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 ever. Let me tell you, we're just going to face the love of God for eternity. We're going, the Bible lets us know in the ages to come, He's going to show us the riches of His grace. It's like saying, do you think it's good now? You don't know what's ahead of you. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. No spiders in heaven, praise the Lord. Well, even, even, even in the millennium, you'll be playing with the spiders. We'll, we'll lay down with the, the snakes and the lion and we'll be cuddling up. It'll be amazing, so it will. But here's the thing, during the tribulation, I tell you, the, the Bible lets us know that there will be, there will be wrath here on the, on the earth, but we won't be here. Praise God. We will not be here. Glory to God. And God has made provision even, because that'll go back to Jewish time, and God has even made provision for those Jewish people to go to those mountains that he talked about, and their God would protect them. God's a faithful, faithful God. Amen. And I, I tell you, but, but here's the thing. You don't, as someone that doesn't know the Lord, you don't have to go through this, this world not knowing what's to come. You can receive Jesus and you know what's ahead of you. Praise God. You'll either die and absent from the body present with the Lord or else you'll go in the rapture and you'll be here one minute and you'll be face to face with him in the clouds. Amen. And we'll all be there no matter who's died or whatever went before. We'll all be there at that event. That's a gathering of everybody in the church. Praise God. That's going to be some gathering of all of us in the clouds. But here's the thing. This woman you. And here they're showing up now. And this woman was smart. She's going to get on the side of God. Amen. She's a smart woman. She may have had a dodgy past, but I'm telling you, thank God, God came for people with dodgy pasts. Jesus died for the ungodly. And that means anybody qualifies. I don't care what anybody's done. Let me tell you, grace is greater than any sin. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen. I'm telling you, God's in the business of saving people's lives. Grace qualifies you. The blood qualifies you. Amen. Some people forget about the power of the blood. That the blood obliterated sin. Sin is, is not in the same league as the blood of Jesus. Sin can't compete. It's like, it's like putting Manchester United or Liverpool out to play schoolboys. It's just they're going to make Egypt out of them. They won't compete because they're just not at that level. They just have, they could have fun with them all day. I'm telling you, sin is massive in the sense of you die without Jesus, it's massive. 
But when you receive Jesus, I'm telling you, his blood will totally obliterate that. Amen. It's gone. Forever. Blood of Jesus is awesome. But she said, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea. Um, it says, for you, for, for you, when you came out of Egypt, and it says, And what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, um, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. So news was traveling about, about God. And if you go and look at Og and stuff like Og is was um, um, the giant king of Bashan. He ruled over 60 cities. Og and his people were totally and utterly destroyed. Og was a giant. And um, we know that they were Nephilim. And um, his bed was 18 foot and 19 inches long. And 8 feet and 4 inches wide. It was made of iron. Uh, this was a big fella. And I'll tell you... Our God is awesome. God's in the business of taking out giants in our lives. But here was the thing. The word was getting there and it got to this woman. A woman with a reputation. But here was the thing about Rahab, which we'll see here in a second. She believed in God. That was it. Do you see, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if somebody slept with the whole of Ireland. If they come to Jesus and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life, the grace of God is, is big enough to receive that person and welcome them into the family of God. Amen? And make something out of their life. God is in the business of taking nobodies and making somebodies out of them. God is in that business. The problem is sometimes people have been saved. Um, they've been saved for a while and they start getting their life together because of God's help again. And then they, they're further up the line in the fruit of the Spirit being developed in their life or just have become religious. And what happens is they look back at the start of the line and they forget what it was like whenever they first hopped on and made Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. But here comes a prostitute believe in God and God accepts her. Amen. And the Bible's full of people like that. The Bible's not full of people who are perfect. The Bible's full of people who are imperfect, who received a perfect God, who went to work in their life. And when they put faith in that perfect God, God started doing great things in and through their lives. And that's why we don't get the glory. He does. Amen. The day we get the glory, we forgot about the hole that we crawled out of. We forgot about where we came from. We forgot about the loving God of grace who reached in there and saved us and pulled us out of there and set us on the rock, set our feet on something firm, the, the, the salvation of Jesus and the word of God and started to build our lives so that we could face storms in life. But I'm telling you, every storm we come through, God gets the glory because I tell you, out of him, we would be, we would be washed totally out of there. It's the goodness of God. I'll tell you, see, when you think about the goodness of God, it's like that old song, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to sing, sing, sing all night. I want to dance, dance, dance all night. Amen. Amen. 
when you get discouraged, start thinking that God loves someone like you. Amen. Where would we have been? I, 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 see, see, the more revelation that I get of God's grace, the less I judge people. I don't, I'm not, I don't condone sin. But the less I stand with my finger, like, you know, in the wild, wild west, just shooting everybody with problems in their life, you know, I just look at them, look at the state of them, look at them. Instead, the more I hang around Jesus, the more I'm like, Jesus, you love them. God, you love them. Thank you for Dan, for that person. Lord, give me an opportunity to share with that person. It changes. Here's a harlot, a prostitute. But she heard about their God, and she's like, I know, I know you are here. We've been waiting for you. I know. She's going to take her opportunity here and put faith in God. Amen. She looked after these fellas because they had the answer. Amen. Verse 12, it says, For therefore I pray you, look at this, swear unto me by the Lord. See, she says, and says, swear unto me, she says, swear unto me by the Lord your God. Swear unto me by that God that parted the Red Sea. Swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my, my father's house, and give me a true token. It says that we will be saved alive. My father, my mother, my brethren, my sister, and all that I have, and deliver our lives from death. She said, give me a true token. Give me something sure. Swear by me. Give me a true something that stands. That's what you're saying. Give me something reliable that I can put faith in. That I know that God of yours. I've heard about your God. I've heard about how great your God is. And you give me a token. You give me something sure. She looked after them because they had the answer. She's operating in faith. Everybody else in that city is going to be destroyed. But there was one woman who said, I'm taking my opportunity. You came into my house. I've heard about your God. And you promise me, because I know your God is a God of his word. I know your God. When you give an oath, when you give a promise, and you give me a token, it's sure. That's faith. Let me tell you, that's the way we're meant to come to the word of God and say every word that God said, God give it by a covenant. The words that he speaks, he will not alter. That's what faith is. When you take God at his word and you start acting on his word and faith and saying, God, I take you at your word. You're a faithful God. That's the way we're meant to act. See, there's way even like, you know, preachers, people who preach, we're meant to preach what the word says. We're not meant to preach politics. We're meant to preach the word. You don't get faith from politics. You get faith from hearing the word. It's the word that quickens us and causes us to believe God. So many people putting faith in everything else. People putting faith in what's happening um, with the president in America and all of those kind of things. There's even Christians. They live their lives based on what politicians say. But I'm telling you as believers, we're meant to live our lives based on what Jesus has said. I tell you, it'll never go out of fashion. What Jesus says stands for eternity. And so she asked for a token. 
And she said, and the men answered, look at this, our lives for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly with you. And it says, and she, and she let them down by a cord through the, the, the window um, from her house, because her house was on, on the wall. This is some wall. It's a massive, this woman's living, living on the wall. And she said unto him, Get to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves for three days, and then, and then go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast um, made us swear. See, she, she, there, this is all based on something that's sure. That's where faith is. Faith is based on something that's sure. You can't put faith in God if you do not trust him. If you think God changes his mind, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. All the promises of God are sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes yes, and sometimes no. No, it says no, they're, they're never no. It says all the promises of God are yes, and we say amen. Praise God. God says yes, and we get an agreement. So be it. That's what amen is. It's an amen is a statement of faith. That Jesus, you've done all this for me, and I'm saying amen to it. That's why the redeemed of the Lord are meant to say so. Well, sometimes as Christians, we, we can be too quiet. We're meant to be in agreement. When God says, yeah, amen. Praise God. How can two walk together except they agree? Well, I'm telling you, we faith people get an agreement with God. I don't care what it looks like, what does God say? Here's what it says, verse 18, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind the line of this scarlet thread to your window. And the scarlet thread, is, it's, it's talking here about um, something that's red, okay? Uh, scarlet is bright red. And it really, it really is a symbol. It's another symbol of the blood of Jesus. There's types and shadows all through the Bible. Right through. And they were let down by this rope. And the spy says, you, you tie that to your window. And we'll know where you are. You get all of your family, all of your loved ones. You get them into that house. And anyone that's in that house will be protected. Just like the children of Israel were protected whenever they had the blood on the doorpost. It's the same principle. And when you were on the inside and the blood was on the doorpost, your firstborn in that instance was protected because of the blood. Well, I tell you, we are making an oath with you. And if you look here, they're talking about life. They're talking about our lives for years. If this doesn't happen, if we, uh, well then we deserve to die. It's down to a life issue here. It's down to a blood issue. And they're saying that's, that's like a covenant that we are making here, an oath. And we're giving you our word here today. And you put that um, scarlet um, rope up there and we'll know where your house is. You know, there's a principle where people will look at in the Bible where they look at the, at the scarlet thread through the Bible to where you look at the, at the references of the blood 
through the Bible, right back from Genesis, whenever God um, killed the animal and clothed Adam and Eve because they had tried to clothe themselves. There had to be bloodshed. Abel, there had to be bloodshed. It was a more excellent sacrifice. God cut covenant with Abraham. Abraham went to offer up his son, and there was the ram caught in the thicket. There had to be bloodshed. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ. This here instant here with the scarlet thread. The children of Israel in Egypt, the blood on the doorpost. It's all pointing to a saviour. All of the, the sacrifices um, during the law. Every single one of them was a type of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And right up until you get to John, uh, uh, his gospel, and you see John the Baptist saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Right up until you see Jesus going and dying on the cross, and then you read the book of Hebrews where he went into heaven itself with his blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us. It's all pointing to the blood. Right up until you get to the book of Revelations and the Bible lets us know that we are washed in the blood of Jesus. It's all about the blood. Amen? Every single part of it. Without the blood of Jesus, there's nothing. Without Jesus' sacrifice, there's nothing. It's all pointing to that. See, it's the blood that saves. And I'm telling you, this woman, she was saved because of the scarlet rope. Amen? She was saved by putting faith in that sure word. It's all pictures of Jesus. All pictures of faith. Praise God that she, she took those men in. Praise God that she protected those men all by faith. Why? They had an answer. And she was making sure she was on the right side. That whenever judgment came, <laughs> praise God we're on the right side. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Look at this here. And she said, look, just like Donna was sharing earlier with Mary. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. Amen. What did Mary say? Be it unto me according to thy word. You see, what separated um, um, Rahab from everybody else there was that she was a woman who put faith in God. That's it. Do you know what separates us from every person on the planet? It's not that we're any better. Let me tell you, the Bible says all sinned and came short of the glory of God. None of us can take pride in anything. We were all going the same direction. Do you know what separated us? We heard a gospel message and we put faith in the gospel. We're saved by faith. And when you get saved by faith, then you live by faith. Problem is, too many Christians don't live by faith. They live thinking that their, their goodness has given them brownie points with God. We were never good enough to start. We got promises given to us freely. The day we start thinking God's moving in our life because of how good we are, we're on the wrong path. We're back to our goodness. Let me tell you, we're meant to live by faith. Faith in his goodness. This harlot got saved. This harlot believed and was spurred. 
She didn't get saved because of how good she was. She wasn't good enough. What was going for her is she believed and said, be it on to me. Amen. The same thing as Mary. According as you said, so be it. That's faith. Amen. You get a promise. When you don't come to God saying, oh God, I have a promise. And God, I know you'll move in my life because, you've been, you, because I've been so good, Lord. It was a church this week. And you start talking about you. You've missed it. When you just come and say, God, here's what your word says. You don't lie. Lord, I can live based on your word. I live by faith. And God, I come with this promise and I say yes and amen to it. Amen. You say yes, actually. I say amen to it. Amen. amen. I get an agreement with you. That's faith. Praise God. And we know that she was delivered. And you read um, um, Joshua chapter 6, you'll see that the whole place utterly was destroyed. But those that were in the harlot's house, they lived. <laughs> Amen. They all lived. You see, this woman had faith. And in and, and, um, and James chapter 2, it brings it out as well about, about her faith. Because she had faith in action. Not alone did she believe, but she proved she believed because she tied that, that scarlet rope to her window. She received those spies. She believed what they said. She acted on what they said. She protected them. She hid them. It wasn't just that she said, I believe. You, in salvation, you believe the message. You make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You confess Him as your Lord and you're saved. But when you get into the Word of God, it's the same thing. You have to act on the word as well. Faith without works, James is saying, is dead. What that's simply saying is here that faith will be seen in our lives. It'll start to be seen in our lives that we trust God. It'll start to be seen that we believe what the word says. This woman believed. In other words, she believed to the point that she acted upon it. She tied that rope, got all of her family into the house. Can you imagine what it was like there and all the commotion going on outside? And they're all inside. But they're in there trusting. We're safe. Because they give us the word. And then you hear at the door. And you open up and you know Joshua personally sent those spies to take out Rahab and her family. Didn't, give it, didn't trust it to anybody else. Because they were the ones that gave the word. Can you imagine what that was like for them? Hearing that knock all of the family. And open up the door and there's the spies. We kept our word. I'm telling you, our God keeps his word. Amen. Amen. He's a God of his word. Praise God. Now, I'm just going to call this out in closing. I'll not, I'll not go into it. But just the goodness of our God. Do you know in, in Jesus' um, genealogy, genealogy being his, his line, from Adam down to Abraham, right up to Mary giving birth to Jesus. That's his genealogy. Do you know in the genealogy of Jesus you find Rahab? A harlot made it into the genealogy of Jesus. Why? Because God's in the business of changing people's lives. Amen. Here's the thing. God didn't have anybody perfect in that line. Go and look down through that line. There are five women in that line, and not one of them were perfect. Not one. All had dodgy, well, apart from Mary. 
had dodgy experiences or came from different places. Um, there's a woman called Tamar, and she was not a prostitute, but she acted like a prostitute. She was married to um, Judah's um, son, and the situation happened there, but the, the son died. And then the next son was meant to then give her seed to cause the seed to keep passing on. And he didn't. He, 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 he did the act, but he didn't give her the seed. Then there was another son, but he, he wasn't old enough. This is to pass on the line. Because down through Judah came the Messiah. And so what happened was she was deceived by Judah. Judah told him he'd give her the son. He didn't give, he didn't give her the, the other son that was coming up when he came to age. And what happened was she pretended to be a prostitute and she slept with Judah and she got pregnant. You think about that? I'll tell you it's better than EastEnders. But here's the thing. Tamar ended up in the genealogy of Jesus and one of those sons there was twins came one of those sons ended up through that line further up the line came Jesus do you know why she ended up in the genealogy one thing she was a believer that was it she ended up putting faith in the living God that's it it's faith that counts. Then you come to the next one that's Rahab. And she was a prostitute. She didn't act like one. She was one. And she ended up in the genealogy. It's powerful. Then you go up to the next one which is Ruth. And Ruth was from Moab. And God said of, the, of, the, of those um, from Moab that he called them his um, uh, um, wash pot. Which meant, that's where you wash your dirty feet. And he said that they were cursed. Because they didn't help the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And then um, Balak of Moab, he got um, um, Balaam to try to curse the children of Israel. And God told him during the law that they'll not be in the congregation. But you see a woman there named Ruth, who ended up... Marion Boaz, which was a type of Jesus in the Bible, a kinsman redeemer. And that um, woman from Moab ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. And I'm telling you, he's like, she, uh, she's like the great, great granny of, of King David. Do you know how she got there? Faith. She said to, the, to Naomi, she said, your God's my God. She put faith in the living God. Amen? Amen. That's what counts. Amen. Sometimes people say, oh, they could never get saved. Or they worship other gods. That woman left all of her other, other gods and followed the one true God. It didn't matter where she came from. Her faith saved her. And her faith got her in the genealogy of Jesus. And she ended up marrying Boaz, a type of Jesus, a wealthy man who showed her favor. Just like our God can take someone with a dodgy past and dump a load of favor on them because he loves people. Faith is what counts. 
Bathsheba ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. Her and David had an affair. Now, it didn't say that there wasn't consequences. There was. Her sin had consequences. Her, her husband ended up being put to the front of the line and being killed by David. I tell you, and David, and David is, the, is the, the greatest king in the Old Testament, but David done a lot of wrong as well. But do you know what made David who he was? He trusted God. When it all came down to it, he got things sorted out. And he was a mess for a long time. He was hiding. He was putting on a show. He had lost the joy of his salvation. He, not his salvation, the joy of it. He's acting like a hypocrite for a long period of time. But you know what? Bathsheba had a son called Nathan. And if you follow that line from Nathan, you end up at a young girl called Mary. Amen? Which was the fifth one in the line of the genealogy of Jesus. She's Jesus' mother. And the Bible says she was a woman from Nazareth. And the Bible says nothing good can come out of Nazareth. See, God's in the business of taking nobodies, people that haven't it all together, but if they put faith in the Savior of the world, what did Mary say? My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. He takes the lowly, people from low degree, people from nowhere. <laughs> People from just right here where we are. Ordinary people. And you know what, know what the key is? Faith. There's a lot to learn from the faith of a shady woman. In Rahab. Amen. Mary was a virtuous woman, but she came from nowhere. I tell you, God's in the business of changing lives. Amen. Thank God. You know what? We don't know who's listening in tonight or listening to this message, but you know what the thing is? No matter where you are, God loves you. Doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter where you've came from, Jesus loves you. And he has proved it by going and dying for you, and he's offering you his grace this evening. I don't care your past. Don't let it disqualify you from coming to Jesus. Reach out based on his love because his love is reaching out to you and just make him your Lord and Savior tonight. Just ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life and put faith in him. And I'm telling you, he'll, he'll get involved in your life. He'll save you, number one, and he'll get involved in your life and help you in your life. But the most important thing is to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. So praise God uh, and encourage you to do that this evening. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you. Email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is lifesourceministries, followed by the number one at gmail.com.